Welcome to the Fail Forward podcast. The purpose of this podcast is change the negative stigma around failure into a positive. Failure is only a negative if we do not learn from it and we give up. Welcome back to the Fail Forward podcast. Today, I've got James Celo with us. James is an entrepreneur and a personal trainer. Welcome to the podcast, James. Thanks, Henry. Great to be here. So tell me, James, take me back as far as you need to go to tell me really... How did you get into personal training and entrepreneurship and where did it all start for you? Okay, so I guess I came into PT quite late. So I was in my 30s. So prior to that, I've had a huge amount of different kind of jobs. So I started off working uh, in Next, wow, doing okay. a sort of like a christmas job yeah yeah um yeah my sister used to work in next so did yeah. she and at christmas it was a nightmare with the january sales and all that kind of stuff so, yeah, 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 yeah 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 so uh and that um christmas playlist on loop <laughs> yeah. driving home for christmas every time i hear i get quite nostalgic about it actually I must admit, <laughs> but the memories kind of come flooding back uh i worked in tgi fridays as a bartender doing something like flair and making cocktails and all that sort of thing which cool. was great uh that's how i met my wife actually so uh, that was a great experience. And then uh, sort of things got a little bit serious, had uh, kids and uh, needed to kind of settle down a bit. Yeah. So I worked in freight forwarding uh, and did that for 10 years. Yeah. And it got to the point where I was thinking, I've got to do something different. Yeah. I'm kind of dying a little bit inside every day. I've seen guys coming in in their sort of 50s, 60s, and all they were talking about was what they'd seen on the TV the night before. And I'm thinking... I've got to get out. I really do have to get out. So I took all of my annual leave in one go. Yeah. And when they did a course, did four weeks down in Bournemouth, got qualified as a PT. And on the last day that I was there on that course, there was a letter that came through from a GP referral scheme in Eastleigh. And they were looking for people to come on and I applied for the job, got it. So I did a kind of a part time doing that whilst I was still working in freight forwarding but then transitioned out as soon as I started to get my own clients. But it was an amazing experience dealing with people with high blood pressure, strokes, injuries, all those sort of things, health issues, mental issues as well, mental health issues. Um, so that was a great grounding. So when you were working and you were thinking, you're seeing these guys and you're like, okay, these guys, they're just talking about the TV they've been watching, that you could see the future, you could see your future self potentially. And yep. you're thinking, what was the driver then? Because you need, I know you mentioned kids and family and stuff. So what was the driver to go? Do you know what? I want something different. I was, I hesitate to say the word depressed, but I was really flat. I mean, going in day to day, I could hardly speak to anybody because I was that dissatisfied with my life at that point. You know, just felt like, going through the motions and there's got to be something better than this. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'd had sort of mental health issues previously, um, background, uh, I was sexually abused as a child. So growing up was really, really difficult tough. and tough. I only recognized that sort of fairly later on in life when I went through a series of sessions with a hypnotherapist. So it's one of these things that if you've had that level of abuse, uh, in your childhood, you, I suppose there is a, a, a degree that you kind of know that something happened, but you're not quite sure what happened. Yeah. And it was then going through that process that then that came out. Yeah. So I always felt kind of off in some way. I didn't quite know why there was always that 
thing that in the back of your mind, I don't fit in, there's something not quite right, relationships and the way that I was with other people, I was quite sort of defensive, a little bit aggressive in social situations, felt sort of threatened, but I didn't know why. Yeah. So you go through that kind of loop. But anyway, I went through uh, hypnotherapy, had a lot of kind of personal uh, work in that journey, and then sort of thought, well, I've got to do something different. So... Uh, Where did fitness... Was it was fitness in your world at this point? Yeah, it was always always been there. So like yeah. you know, at school, playing rugby, going to the gym, and all that sort of things. It was always there as a kind of a stable for me. Yeah. And again, I think as a young man, sort of building up, you know, getting bigger muscles and having that defense mechanism. Yeah. Was very much that kind of part of you know, yeah. don't fuck with me because I'm you know. And I'm, do you think I'm that big. was driven from that past? Yeah, experience definitely. Of I didn't to... know then, but I certainly yeah. know that now. And I think as I've sort of aged that, you know, your priorities change. Mm -hmm. And that now, because I've kind of processed that, what's happened, and I can talk about it much more openly now. I was never able to sort of verbalize it or put it into words. Sure. So now that I can kind of talk about it quite openly and be okay with it, uh, that that's then impacted on how I feel about myself generally and... And certainly sort of the age that I am now, it's much more important to be kind of fit, healthy, thinking about longevity, health span, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Where I'm going to be in the next sort of 50 years, fingers crossed, that I can, you know, even 70 years, the way that things are going. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely. fitness, in answer to your questions, always kind of been there. Yes, yeah, so you always had a had this this love for or desire to be fit, to be strong. Absolutely. Um. So you've you've left the freight freight forward. Yep. And you're now working at a, at a GP practice. So working at uh, it was Fleming Park back then. It's now um, places for people in, in yes. Eastleigh. Yep. Yep. So that was a great grounding. So the type of people that I was working with really gave me a great foundation. I then went over to um, West End and worked at uh, what is now, I think it's David Lloyd or, or Virgin Active, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was Virgin, and I think then David Lloyd brought yeah. it out, didn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it was a sporter when I, when I went there. So the, uh, the, the Hampshire Tennis Club, so worked there for a few years, created a business from there and then took on a partner there was a, a girl that was working there with me we sort of partnered up and then took a studio at the Aegeus Bowl or yeah. the Rose Bowl yeah as it was then and we had a little personal training studio in there so in terms of my business partnerships that was the first one that didn't work out okay <laughs> so what so, went wrong with that well um it was one of those kind of situations that great at the beginning because, you know, we were sort of colleagues together and then it sort of came down to the finances. We were running boot camps and all that sort of thing. We had a little studio doing PT kind of one-to-ones in there. And I don't know, this there was something that just kind of happened that we started to kind of have quite different views on things and, and perspectives around the business and how we would train people and all that sort of thing. And I think it's just one of those things you kind of grow apart. You know, it's one thing to know each other um, in a different scenario, situation. But when it comes down to running a business together, the intensity gets such that cracks start to appear. Yeah. And it's almost like a marriage, isn't it? Like it, it's kind, it kind of, of like, is. it's like, got to think, am I going to, can I be with my, this person 
potentially for the rest of my life yeah. and are we the right values fit do yeah. we get on yeah. and you say cracks start to appear yeah. if, if that's not quite yeah. quite right i think people do get into partnerships quite quickly yeah don't they? absolutely and, then, and in all of these sort of situations i you know i, I take responsibility yeah for the way that things work out you know it's never anybody else's fault it's it's just you know at the time you know where i was at wasn't you know particularly in a good place and and things just weren't you know kind of working the way that I wanted them to. But all of these sort of things, you can kind of look at it and regret, and you think it's the worst thing at the time. So there was a lot of equipment that we had. Um, you know, I'd taken money from my father-in-law as investment to buy the equipment. So there was that sort of element there of not letting him down, not letting the family down, all these different sort of things. And then when it came to it, you know, we'd sort of had an agreement, a written agreement of who would take certain bits of kit and all that sort of thing. And I'm not proud of my, you know, behavior at the time, because, you know, when you're in these heightened levels of emotion, you know, you do things that, you know, aren't, aren't great. So, you know, I completely put my hand up to that and say, you know, that mm. that was but you've got some good self-awareness there because you've said, I take responsibility. And a lot of people yeah. don't in those situations. Yeah. It's very easy. And I've talked about it to the audience on this podcast a lot about taking accountability and responsibility. Because if you don't, you just blame everyone else. Yeah. And then suddenly, you know, you're back to back to square one 100%. again. So, you know. You've, you've got nowhere to go with that. You know, fundamentally, if you're living your life in that mindset, if it's everybody else's fault, you're never going to grow. Yeah. You're never going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Because you're always confined by you know other people's influences yeah and that's always going to be there that's never going away yeah so all i can control is what i'm doing yeah you know i can't control what other people are doing so and that was you know it's all part of the learning this is not something that you're kind of born with <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's just a kind of a natural it's a it's a you know a, a progression in terms yeah. of your your growth your journey through life generally um you it's know i've got, fail forward it's exactly it's that. It's a fail forward it thing. Is. And it's uh, it's it's part of the experience is is that you're yeah. you know, you're failing forward. It's you know, people don't just become successful overnight. It's yeah. this whole overnight thing. We were talking about it earlier on about the 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 sort of TikTok world and everyone seeing these influencers, that it takes a long time. Everybody that's successful, it's they don't see what's behind that. So they get a snapshot. They get a snapshot. They, they get do. a curated snapshot of, you know, whatever they want to to, you know, to show. But even sort of unpacking that, you think, well, a lot of thought goes into those kind of processes of what these people are putting out. Mm. You know, thousands of photographs taken to sort of get one or two yeah. that actually you yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see. Yeah. And it's until you scratch underneath the surface that you really start to kind of see what you have to go through on a daily basis. But I mean, I, I was going to say, I've got sort of young kids and, you know, my lived experience is not their lived experience. So when you're then trying to kind of impart your experience onto them, it's not entirely relevant because they're like, well, dad, we didn't have your upbringing. We didn't, you know, have your schooling. I mean, I went to, to private school and, and boarded, you know, I yeah. was at boarding school since about the age of six up until 11, then I was a day boy. And then, you know, it kind of mm. went on to, to boarding again. So all of those kind of experiences that I've had, they've not had. They've had a very secure upbringing of living at home and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's one of these kind of layers of experience that, that I wouldn't have had your life. You haven't had my life. But there's a level of commonality around 
business that you kind of get to see what it is to create something, what it is to fail. Yeah. And the learnings that you get and the cliche around that, everybody says, oh, you learn from failure. You don't learn from success. Yeah. You hear that time and time again. But it is true. It is true. It is true. Yeah, it is true. Recently, um, someone said to me, one of the worst things you can do if you go to the horse races is win. Yeah. Because then you just think, I'm really good at this, and you do yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of what I did in business at the beginning is I did well. And then you go, oh, I'm good at this. And I think that's what sort of comes. It's, it's the when the t times are tough is that's when you really, really learn. Yeah. And that's um, a self-awareness piece as well is that knowing that the good times are there, but there's also going to be times when it isn't so good and ha making provision for that. Yeah. And I think you can kind of speak to that with your own experience <laughs> yeah. in terms of, but it's like, it's human nature, isn't it? When things are going well, you just want more of it. Yeah. And you're not thinking because you haven't had that pain yeah. of knowing what it is to lose everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's entirely understandable. So again, when you say to somebody, when you're advising somebody, you know, don't get too carried away with the success because, you know, failure's just around the corner and they go, fuck, <laughs> you no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Because they haven't experienced it. Yeah. So, you know, you have to bear that in mind in respect of that people just are living their own moment-to-moment -moment experience. Uh, and they'll hear it maybe, but whether they'll take it on board is another matter. Well, they've got to learn it themselves a lot of the time and that experience. And, and it just reminds me of something. We were on the school run this morning and my boy is riding his bike. He's four years old and he had a car in his hand and my wife was trying to get the car out of his hand and he was adamant that he wanted it. Yeah. And I just said, Sarah, if he's got to learn himself. <laughs> and she went, yeah, but I don't want to fall off the bike. And I was like, no. If he does, you know, it sounds harsh. Totally. He'll learn himself because he's not listening. Yeah. And sometimes that's the same as as adults. We don't always listen to what other people are saying. Yeah. We've got to work it out for ourselves. And it's so. the hardest thing, I think, as a parent is to allow them to fail. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of level of failure. It's like, well, if they're getting close to the edge of a cliff, yeah. you probably want to stop them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's like, well, let's kind of manage that, that actually they can fall yeah a little bit yeah and then learn and then sort of the next bit and then you know they, they won't do it again yeah definitely but yeah you know we just want to and i think sort of generationally we're becoming more and more kind of like controlling and fearful and again that comes back to that piece we were talking about earlier about the media and the fact that we've got 24 7 access to the news and this heightened sense of anxiety around that that we never had before. Yeah. You know, you'd have to go out and buy a newspaper yeah. or you'd switch the, you know, nine o'clock news on or whatever. And the watershed now is gone. That's yeah. over at nine o'clock. That doesn't exist yeah. anymore. So at any time of the day, you can be getting access to these world events on a, you know, in a good way. And then on the other end of the extreme, not so good because we're constantly thinking about what's going on in the world. And the funniest thing is, is we're at the safest point. You know, yes, we've got a war going on and we've got wars going on, but there's been wars going on for, for decades and decades. And there's been issues with with recessions and economy and different things for decades. But yep. now actually it's the safest time to be alive. Um, the the people are living longer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but people are more anxious about the few, their futures than yeah. they ever have been. And that yeah. you're exactly right. It's because everyone's tapped in. Yeah, um, totally. And I'm sure we're going to get go, get onto COVID and how that affected your PT business later. But uh, just prime example is I used to go and see my mum during COVID as we we're coming out of it. And 24-7, she'd have BBC News on. 
and she was anxious and I'm just like mum just turn turn yeah. turn that off because yeah. there's always breaking bad news absolutely like, there's never breaking good news is there, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean you can get in kind of conspiracy theories and all that yeah. sort of thing but you know it just is really apparent that we're being kept in this sort of state of anxiety fear and what do we do when we're feeling anxious or fearful is we go and buy shit. Yeah, and we make bad bad decisions. We make bad decisions. Yeah, But yeah. we're going to go, I want to make myself feel better, so I'm going to go and do some online shopping. Yeah, yeah. So depending on your perspective, and I'm not a cons you know conspiracy theorist, but it's like, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, and at the end of the kind of newscast, you might get a good news sort of story, just think, oh, okay, you know, the world's not coming to an end. Yeah. But I mean, I subscribe to, um, I actually put it out on, on LinkedIn, just recently, but um, you know, you can actually subscribe to a platform that only gives you good news. Cool, love that. And it's like, why would you not want that in your inbox? Yeah, yeah. You know, on a weekly basis, just to see actually, you know, carbon capture, for example. You know, there are things that are now coming into place that we're taking carbon out of the air and reprocessing it and creating fuels and all that sort of thing. That having that abundance mindset is far better than just being in constant fear yeah. because we're paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. So you cannot then go and see the bigger picture of what the opportunities are if you're just constantly being paralyzed by fear. 100%. And you're right. It's in, and, you know, I, I hear a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff, and I'm like you. I don't buy into it all. But I do buy into the fact that we are in a consumer world and there are very intelligent marketing people and people that understand how to get people to buy more. Like yeah. you go into Tesco's, for example, and the reason why the lighting is so bright is because yeah. it gets us into that state of, of buying state and yeah. it gets us into that flight or fight. It's reason why everything's stacked in certain ways and different eye levels and yeah, all and this kind of stuff. They've and got it's cameras that will track you and your, you know, the way people move around the store and how it's all placed that they know that if you go to that area there, you're going to buy this, you know. Yeah, it's really, it's really intelligent. And that's, I think, what, what it is. And I've talked about it. We talk about numbers a lot in this podcast. And when you're in a good place of knowing your numbers and you're um, advising your emotional part of your brain because you've got your thinking emotional part of your brain, yep. your emotional part will always win. Yep. But if so, if you're in a state of anxiety, stress, whatever, your emotional part is going to, make you make bad business decisions potentially yeah. and buy yeah. something that you can't afford or yeah, totally. you know, do do and that then keeps you in that loop it does you know that yeah. behavior loop is like oh fuck i've done it again yeah yeah oh shit you know here we go we yeah. go around and that's you know and i've until really quite recently fallen foul of not knowing my numbers yeah you know having that sort of issue around you know never never good at maths at school and all that kind of stuff you know and that sort of thing that you convince yourself but it's the sort of you know the mental arithmetic side of things and it's that not wanting to address it because you feel stupid around it yeah um and i've just actually recently taken on a money coach yeah to really start to drill into that and say well okay well, where does that come from yeah so i can then start to go back to everything that happened in childhood and say oh it was all about that yes. blah, blah 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 yeah but it's you know again taking responsibility for where you are now and saying look actually this has now got to stop yeah that I need to know what's going on, that I can't just bury my head in the sand. Um, and it's a, it's a respect thing and it's a self-worth thing yeah. that, you know, you are actually asking for what you're worth yeah. rather than just taking what you're given. Yes. And having those kind of boundaries around what you will do and what you won't do. And that's always been an issue for me. You know, this whole kind of element of 
doing the personal training, you know, being of service to others, being this kind of vocational thing of actually going, well, no, this is, you know, this is me. This is 20 years now of being doing this. Um, all of the knowledge, all of the learnings, all of the experience is now worth something. Yeah. But do you think um, that's come from the coaching that you now know that because actually probably two years in you would have been that good or even a year in you would have been that good it's taking you 20 years to to go right I'm now worth that so yeah yeah I mean it's it's been a process so it's yeah. not again that sort of that stop or the the, the the start and then sort of immediately kind of where you are now it's a process so again it's that kind of you know the seed that gets sown the thinking about it the then doing something about it but I think this is kind of now moving it to another level that you kind of go through these kind of steps um, that will get you to where you need to be. But I think it's feeling the pain sufficiently that you want to make that change. Yeah. And that's the same in fitness and, you know, lifestyle in, in, in life generally is until you feel the pain to a sufficient level that change then follows. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, when I lost everything, it took that to get change my desire to want to learn, do self development, get coaches, um, quit alcohol, all those kind of things. And it wasn't until that pain point, and actually, I always talk about it being the best worst year of my life because maybe if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have had so many epiphanies and learnings from it. So, yeah, yeah it's those. Um, it's very cliche saying, but diamonds are formed under pressure, and I think that's what happens when we get that pressure and then and and things cracks happen we restart and then we go again it's when you they, those diamonds are formed um so we've gone really sideways there which i loved that was a great great conversation and, and thank you as well for for really sharing your vulnerability through through this um, podcast welcome. episode already um it's really valuable for our audience so we've got this going back to where we were you've you've got this um partnership with this with, with this lady it's breaking up you're having to sell the kit um and now you're what's next after this what what kind of how did that how did you get out through that and and what was the next steps for you yeah so sort of broke away from that and was just doing kind of mobile pt one-to-ones um i was doing outside boot camps so i just take some sort of rec ground and go out and do sort of boot camps there i also took over uh, a space inside and I think really right from the beginning of my PT career, I wanted to be different. I think there's a slight kind of belligerence in me that I'm very much kind of anti-establishment. I don't like to kind of follow the crowd and yeah. I like to do things a little bit differently. So when I sort of hear the word entrepreneur, I don't know that I'm, I don't describe myself as an entrepreneur. I, I think that sort of term is a little bit kind of weighted weirdly that it doesn't, I don't see that it applies to me. My brain is always on the go. Yeah. It's never not thinking about stuff. Yeah, yeah. And my, my biggest issue is, is remaining focused on one thing. I'm like sort of, I, I kind of liken it to, I walk down the beach and I see a nice shiny pebble and I pick it up. The magpie my, effect. Yeah, <laughs> and I put it in my pocket and I end up getting to the end of the beach and I've got some seriously heavy pockets <laughs> yeah. because there's so, so much, but it is like a, like a magpie. Um, so... It's getting to the point where um, I want to do things differently. So I've got boot camps that I'm running with space hoppers. So people, wow. adults, 
bouncing around on orange space hoppers. Yeah. Because it's fun. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> swing ball. I've got a swing ball in there. So yeah. it's one of the stations that people are just playing swing ball yeah. in pairs. So it's like you're just playing with people's psychology. Yeah. So they're bouncing around like loons on space hoppers playing swing ball. But actually then they're doing some sort of, you know, burpees and push-ups and some other kind of functional bits and pieces. But it's all about having fun. Yeah, I love that because I, I, like a lot of the boot camps and the hit sessions I've been to, it's just like bear crawls, burpees, like it's just pure pain for yeah. like an hour. And yeah, then you yeah. do it for like three months and then I'm like, you I'm just done. wake up one day and something happens, you go on holiday and you never go back because it's that... It's like it makes you feel good afterwards, but it was it's that ruthless that you go, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. You yeah. do like I think the most I've done is three or four months of those kind of things. So actually, I've not like it's very disruptive doing it that way, totally. which I love. I love that disruptive yeah, yeah. mindset. Yeah. Um, and putting a bit of fun into it. So, yeah. yeah. Love that. Yeah. So and it's kind of you know if it looks a little bit like play, you're not thinking about the pain of it. Yeah. You're not thinking about the you know the activity. You're just focusing on having a bit of fun yeah, yeah. and it was all you know it's kind of tongue-in-cheek and i don't i try not to take myself too seriously yeah. so like you know that. so that was that um also when i was at uh, fleming park i did like deep water aquatherapy so i'd be there with like 20 or 30 women of a certain age that were swimming around bobbing around with kind of flotation devices on them and we just have a laugh. Yeah. You know, we just have some fun. And it was like, it, it was just different to that kind of expectation of somebody like me looking a bit like I do doing something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, again, that kind of, you know, just doing things out of the norm, you know, the ordinary. So, um, and I kind of love that whole aspect of people looking at me and thinking or making up an opinion. And actually, it being it's, complete, it's completely you know, converse in, in yeah, that respect. So that. I quite, I quite like that. It, yeah. It kind of, it, it, um, it tickles me. So um, where were we at? We're kind of pandemic. Should we go to pandemic? Yeah. So you were just doing some, some boot camps and stuff. And is that when pandemic came and yeah. slapped us in the face? Yeah. So um, actually let's go back a bit. So a client of mine um, had a friend who'd, told them about electrical muscle stimulation so that's the kind of the next waypoint um so he asked me to look into it so he was massively into his gadgets he loves tech and all that sort of thing. latest yeah. camera and biggest tvs you can think of and all that sort of stuff yeah he's just talked to me the other day about a tv that's coming out that's about three three hundred thousand i'm like oh my god wow really it's <laughs> like, yeah, I really want it. I really want it. So anyway, so it was him that kind of introduced me. Uh, I went to this expo in uh, London. So there's a um, one of the biggest fitness expos in Europe called FIBO. And they were on tour. So they go to like Milan, London, Paris, all that sort of thing. So they're in London. So I go to London. And serendipitously, there was a guy there who um, works for the same company that does this EMS device. So he's there doing a presentation. So I meet him and meet the guy that's been brought over to do um, the UK market. So he's opening up the UK market. And anyway, long story short, my client buys a system and then I buy a system for my business as well. So it's a big old unit that you carry around. You've got a like a waistcoat that you put on with sort of 
straps that go around the arms and the legs and the backside, and you're then wired to this big unit that stimulates all your major muscle groups with an electrical impulse, so you're not having to lift weights. Wow. So people with lower back problems, knee injuries, um, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, disability that they can't train traditionally with weights, they can do EMS, electrical muscle stimulation. So they, do, they don't have to do any weightlifting, no. any resistance training at all. No. They just put this suit on and it and it's good to go. Yeah, so it'll stimulate all the major muscles. Yeah. Um, you have to contract the muscle. Yeah. So very similar to how the muscles are activated normally. So the brain will send an electrical impulse through the nerve endings to the muscle. Yeah. And the result is a contraction. So what EMS does, it goes direct to the muscle. You still have to contract the muscle, but you're now having it stimulated with an electrical impulse that goes 85 times a second. So it's contracting, relaxing really rapidly. It's the breakdown of that muscle fiber that then rebuilds, that then recruits more muscle fiber, and you then build and tone muscle and burn a lot of calories as well. Wow. Because more muscle, more calorie, higher metabolism. And would you still get the endorphin rush that you would if you were working out? Yeah, even probably more so. So yeah. certainly for people that kind of don't like to work out in the gym, don't yeah. like to lift weights, are intimidated. Yeah, yeah. So you can go and do this now and you get a great workout in 20 minutes and the equivalent to about a, an hour and a half, let's say two hours working out in the gym ordinarily. Yeah. Wow. So fantastic for people with, you know, busy lifestyles and who are time poor. Yeah, yeah. So that I got into about eight years ago. Um, and then let's fast forward to pandemic, yeah. lockdown. Yeah. Everything stops and my business literally grinds to a halt. So at that point, just just to get the context, you'd got bought this system that people can wear. Yeah. And that was your PT sessions with people. Yep. You they they would come and pay and you they'd sit there and they'd do the whole thing. Cause I take it these pieces of kit are just for context for audience, very expensive because there's probably stuff that you could buy on the shopping channel, like me and we were talking about earlier, where you can buy the belt and stuff, and yeah, yeah. that's not probably going to cut it to something that's you know that's the difference in in level of quality. Yeah, right? and you're working with a trainer and they're taking you through a full workout, so it's yeah. not a passive thing. Yeah, it's an active thing. So you've right. got to do you know lunges, squats, and you can right. do push-ps, yeah. bicep curls, tricep extension, all that sort of thing. Yeah, but literally just using your own body. Yeah. And the you know the power of the the brain yeah, you yeah. know because you are thinking about the area that you're working yeah you're activating the muscle against that pulse I see so yes I'm taking yeah. it around mobile so I'm hocking this thing and it goes in a big suitcase and it's not light so you've yeah, got yeah. all the jackets inside it all the you know accessories that have got to go with it yeah and you're having to wet the suit up and then put it on people and but it's yeah, yeah. it's efficient it's it's yeah. it's good yeah. Um, so then pandemic comes. And so pandemic comes and everything stops. Yeah. So I'm thinking, ah, okay, this is going to be interesting. So I obviously can't go out and see people one-to-one. -one, so I then go online. I'm doing online boot camps now. Yeah. So like on Facebook Lives. Um, what was the initial reaction as COVID happened? Because I know there was that time, wasn't there? There was about a week or two beforehand and there was talks of the army being waiting it to come and lock down the country and how it was all going to go down and no one really knew. And then we had the Cheltenham races where thousands of people went there for one last blowout and no one really knew. So how were you feeling at that point? Were you anxious, stressed? You know, what was going on? Yeah, I mean... I don't know that anybody thought it was going to go on for as long as it was. Yeah. 
So I kind of thought it was going to be a little bit of a hiccup. It was going to be a slight yeah. glitch. It was a forced kind of pause, but within a couple of months, we'd be sort of back to normal. So similar to, you know, bird flu. I mean, we had the, the foot and mouth, didn't we? Mm. Um, actually, that takes me back to, I think it was around about sort of 2000, 2001 that we had that kind of foot and mouth and I was yeah. due to run the, the London Marathon. Um, and there was a training run that we had that was like a 20 mile training run that was canceled because of foot and mouth. So I kind of thought it was going to be a little bit like that, mm. um, but it wasn't. No. <laughs> so it was that initial kind of thinking, well, this is going to be okay. We'll, we'll get back to normal in a few months. And then, okay, this is lasting a little bit longer and maybe things aren't quite. And then it starts to come out that this is now not going to end anytime soon. And that's when it really started to sort of hit. Okay, what do we do? So that was then taking it online. Majority of my customers were quite happy to, you know, do an online sort of Zoom or, you know, over FaceTime or whatever. And as I said, on uh, Facebook Live and all that sort of thing. So that kind of worked out okay. I was also doing like a scheduled, um, like mental health kind of chat on Facebook Live. So really kind of talking to people about things that they could do at home, either you know, a bit of foam rollering or, you know, a bit of meditation and stuff like that. And that was more almost for my benefit that I'm just keeping going, doing something. And I didn't yeah. charge for it. Yeah. I just put that out and just to keep yeah. going, doing something to keep my own sanity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, the pandemic represented something very different for different people. I mean, you can only imagine what it would have been like to have been a single parent yeah. In a one bedroom flat with kids at home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with an abusive partner or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. you think in terms of perspective, and I think, you know, it's a word in the English language that covers a lot of things is perspective. Yeah. That if you think about somebody in that situation, actually my situation being, you know, we just recently moved house. We're out in the country on a quiet country lane. If there's anything it was the birds that were so loud because there was no, you know, there's no traffic noise. There's no yeah, airplanes yeah. in the sky or anything like that. Yeah. The birds were deafening. Yeah. Yeah. But you just got to kind of sit with it and appreciate the fact that, you know, you couldn't do anything else, yeah. but just be present in yeah. the moment and appreciate. So, yeah, no, I think you're right with that because um, I always say uh, my nan, my dear nan, bless her. She, she was part of, of um, growing up with world war um in london and she but she always used to say we used to go for food and she goes always say oh i had a good war and we'd be like what do you mean you had a good war who had a good war and she did she was off dancing in london and that she didn't really get affected um by it that much and she met as we were talking about earlier my grandpa who's dutch um and now i think when I, me and my wife talk like i think the pandemic was kind of like our time eras sort of world war the it was the biggest disruption to life as we know yeah, it i agree and i think some people had a tragic time um and just like you would do in a world war if you know you'd send sons off you had to go off yourself but also some people had you know an okay time and i think mm. there were people in the pandemic who really did have that kind of okay time and yeah. had a good pandemic as yeah. you say yeah. so yeah. it's yeah and, and it seems weird to sort of say that you know because there's you know countless people that had absolute tragedy yeah and you know obviously people passing away from 
COVID, uh, but for the families not being able to go and visit them and mm. with funerals and everything else. I mean, it must have been yeah. horrendous for Working some people. Working in the NHS would have been, you know... Well, my, my wife is a nurse. Yeah. So, you know, I got to see firsthand what she was having to do and, and full PPE. I mean, like the hood mm. and the whole shebang. Mm. So... Tough. Huge, yeah. huge respect. 100%. Yeah, agree. You know, for what they had to endure um you know putting their lives because there was such uncertainty nobody knew quite what the extent mm. was going to be so yeah absolutely hats off hats 100% off. agree agree so then you're at a point and you're doing these these home videos and lives and things like that yep. so what was the next step for you to, to to sort of deal and and still to be able to produce income and things through through the pandemic yeah so i got introduced to a guy by my accountant uh who was a bit of a technical wizard so by this time the suit as i said was really unwieldy it was a pain in the ass to carry around so i wanted something more portable so i went to this guy to come up with a solution of how i could uh have a smaller kind of unit that would connect to the the suit that i already had but would be sort of bluetooth and more portable so he had a look at it kind of looked at the wires and stuff like that and said look we can come up with something better than this so anyway, I then went out to China, as you do, yep. <laughs> to source an alternative, yep. uh, found this company, started having a conversation with them, yep. and they had a suit that was all in one, so very much like a kind of a shorty wetsuit, so it came down to just sort of, you know, yep. above the knee uh, and above the elbow, and all of the electrodes were integrated into it. You had a tiny little power box that connected to it with an app. You could then work it from that, so it's like, perfect, this is great. Yeah. So everybody can have their own suit. You put it on wearing nothing on underneath, get it sweaty, and it activates. Just spot on. And you can go out running in it, walking in it, go on your bike, whatever you wanted to do, do some yoga, do some Pilates, take it into a gym, put normal clothing on over the top. Nobody be any the way wiser. So this was like a perfect solution. So we then start to kind of spitball ideas around it in terms of the online training. So very much mid-pandemic, we can't see anybody one-to-one, -one, so can we train people with this remotely? So we then develop an app. We get an app developer to do it, pump money into it ourselves. There's like personal equity going in, sweat equity going in. So me from my personal training experience and EMS and all that sort of thing, my business partner with his technical know-how and wizardry. And then we create a platform that we can then host this thing where people can be in anywhere in the world. So we started off with our app developer in India, with the suit on. I'm controlling his suit from my garden office wow. in the UK. And I'm controlling the levels and intensity and frequency on his suit in India. And I'm going, this is just astonishing. Yeah. Within milliseconds of me changing, he's experiencing that change where he is. And I'm pinching myself thinking how is this even possible <laughs> i know we've done this we've designed it but it works and how is this possible so that then starts to uh develop we then partner up with another guy as a friend of my business partner who he's known for for many years and he's kind of a bit of an introducer so he introduces us to a guy who's uh, an ex-pro golfer in the states who then has a network of other golfers and we then start to train pro golfers in the States. 
And then from those pro golfers, we then get introduced to another guy who works for a, uh, a company that do like high-end luxury resorts that then have celebrities come and play golf. And he is the guy that goes and plays golf with them. So he's got a network of people that he can then introduce me to and we then start getting the odd A-list celebrity. No names. <laughs> so, and I'm training them from wow. my back garden. And it's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it's just surreal. So this is kind of in development and it's, you know, growing. We're selling suits into the States so people are buying them, using it yeah. at home. And uh, they're training, you know, with us. We take on another trainer uh, and she's training them as well online. Yeah. So via the app, we have a kind of a portal. They can then make connection and we can train them over Zoom or FaceTime. Perfect. Amazing. So is this like a bit like the Peloton uh, model? So they buy the suit and then yeah. they subscribe as well. So exactly you've got right. a, you've got a purchase up front yeah. and then you've got a subscription. Yeah. Wow. Love it. Yeah. So that was the idea. That was the business model. Yeah. Um, so highly portable so they can take it wherever they go. You know, yeah. they, and a lot of these golfers are traveling, you can imagine. Yeah. So they're out on tour, they're in hotel rooms. They don't really want to have to go down to the gym because they're going to get hassled, whatever. So they can do it from their hotel rooms up on the screen, you know, with their iPad or phone or whatever. So it was perfect. So then cut to my kind of cycle of behavior that starts to go, there's something not quite right here. And cracks again are starting to appear between myself and my business partner that were on very different pages in terms of where the business is going. So I'm very much customer focused, their customer journey, how they're interacting with the device from, you know, onboarding them at the beginning, you know, how they receive it, what it looks like, the unboxing, that whole process, uh, getting them to these different sort of stages of where they need to be. And his was very much on the bottom line. Yeah. So very much on the numbers. So yeah. bearing in mind what I'd said about the numbers, yeah. I'm all about the kind of the love and the holistic and the, oh, want everybody to be happy and fluffy yeah. clouds and unicorns and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. And he's like, bottom line, which is absolutely right. Yeah. But it then gets to that point where I'm bringing people into the business, building relationships and things like that. Um, and it's just not gelling. They're sort of saying things to me. Like, you know, are you sure about this situation? La, la, la. And I'm thinking, okay, I think we are on two very different paths here. Um, and we're having meetings weekly, having meetings for the sake of meetings and nothing's getting done. And I'm trying to sort of implement stuff and it's getting sort of... So again, I'm taking responsibility that things that I'm not doing and should be getting done, but, the, you know, it's just the impetus isn't there. I'm losing the love for it. And I need to be feeling the love to kind of go forward, the enthusiasm. Yeah. So cut forward to November last year that I say, look, it's not working for me. This is over a period of, you know, several months that I'm feeling this way. I'm having conversations and he's saying, look, you just need to man up, grow a pair, blah, 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 knuckle down. That whole kind of macho type sort of thing. And I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, I said, look, I'm, I'm done. This is really dragging me down it was 24 7 you know you know what it's like running a business yeah. you are completely absorbed by this thing yeah so from the time that i wake up in the morning to the time that i go to sleep it's hyperbody yeah. you know this is the company 
Um, and I'm up until sort of like midnight because I'm dealing with queries from the states and, you know, the seat's not working properly. We're starting to get issues, all that sort of thing. And just over time, there's that kind of wearing down, that attrition of going, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, what's in it for me? So then, you know, that starts to break down. So November last year, I said, I'm done. And I leave the business. Big decision. Huge decision. How does that feel? At the time, again, like a failure, you know, just feels like here we go again. You know, it gets to a point where, think, and it's that whole process of thinking, you know, am I giving in? Am I giving up? Mm. It's getting hard. Am I just, you know, am I not made of the stuff to actually, you know, do this? Um, so it felt like a complete failure on my part, but I, I just couldn't continue the way it was i mean had i've had um potentially somebody more supportive and you know but again it's that responsibility of saying you know we we chose we talk about this right at the beginning we decided what we were going to do as a collective um but i sort of i got borne along by the enthusiasm and and how things were going so um yeah it felt pretty shit but what did you learn from it all? Like, what's your biggest learnings that came off the back of that? So I'm now going into <laughs> potentially another partnership with two other guys. This is very, very, very early stages. But it's now doing the kind of the due diligence on those people. Now, I don't want to be jaundiced by what's happened. I don't want to be affected that now I'm looking at people differently because of what's happened. I'm still me, I'm still, you know, with that kind of open mindset, open heart and open, you know, um, viewpoint, but being a little bit more savvy, not guarded. I don't ever want to be guarded and I don't want to be influenced by what's happened before. Um, but I'm just taking things a little bit slower. Yeah. Rather than being kind of bowled over by the enthusiasm, this kind of, you know, puppy dog. Want to yeah, do yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The excitement the, of the it. Magpie game. The magpie again. Yeah, yeah. Of just going, okay, James, just take a take a pause. Yeah. Just start to be more strategic around this. Yeah. And again, with the kind of the money coach of thinking, okay, planning ahead now. Where do I want to be? Yeah. And let's put some things in place to move you towards that goal, rather than going, I'm at point A here. Point B looks really exciting. Yeah. I'm not thinking about the steps of point A one point yeah, a yeah. two three four whatever that looks like of ending up at b and getting excited by that but not actually doing the work to get to point b which i've done historically so that's been one of the biggest learnings i think for me is taking that you know attitude towards these kind of situations or the response of just going i want it tomorrow i want it tomorrow and that's a good thing to be impatient but just being mindful of all those steps that need to be taken to get to point B. 100%. And I think um, even though, you know, you've left that business in November, I think it takes a lot of um, courage to leave something that you're massively part of because I think some people feel stuck yeah. somewhere yeah. and they have those feelings that you're having that this isn't quite right. Yeah. 
uh, but they just live with it for years yeah. like almost like the guys that you're talking about at the beginning that are in the job you know the freight forward of to, to 50 60 they're not they probably had similar feelings than they, than you did where you're like i'm not this is just a day-to-day thing yeah but it takes a lot of courage to leave something and go do you know what i'm going to leave the business the job the thing that's making me unhappy so i think you know massive massive well done for just reading yourself and having that self-awareness again and going you know actually no, I'm, this, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate you saying that. Mate. It doesn't feel like it at the time. No. You know, it feels like it does feel like a cop out. Mm. You know, it feels like I've just let this. It's gotten tough and I've let it go. But then on reflection, you start to look back and then you unpack that. Uh, and it was a, you know, I could see the progression. It wasn't just a sort of a snap decision of saying this is getting too hard because we'd been through a lot. I mean, a lot up to that point. Um, of product development and, you know, failures. And it was just an ongoing thing. So it wasn't like, oh, this is tough. I'm sort of going to give up now. Mm. You know, this it wasn't, it was a hard decision. Yeah. It, it was, so I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and, you know, since November, it's been a real journey of kind of self-discovery and it's been pretty, pretty dark in places to be fair i mean you sort of go back to that you know what am i going to do you know the age that i'm at now this kind of was my it felt like at the time my last hurrah and i'm thinking mm. well i'm 50 now you know it's, things have got to start changing from here on in and you can get very much kind of drawn down and, and held back by those kind of feelings but it is now sort of that opening up to opportunity i miss a little bit like having this conversation today mm. it's come out of something Mm. It was a you know a meeting that I had that we were introduced. Yeah, at the old bond store. At yeah, the old bond store. You never know where yeah. a coffee is going to lead. Hundred percent. You know where nothing is going to lead you anywhere is if you're at home wallowing mm. in that self pity. But saying that when you're in that mindset, it doesn't matter who's saying to you, "Come on, James, pull yourself together." It doesn't make any difference until you go through that process of coming out the other side that you can then go, there is yeah. light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, I, I kind of look at situations where people are well-meaning and they'll say to you, look, you know, there is hope, there is whatever. And you you kind of need that, but you need that at the time that you need it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's having that, again, self-awareness to know when people will hear that and will, you know, be able to receive it. Yeah. But yeah. when you're in that, moment yeah it doesn't matter what anybody says to you you're just going through that darkness yeah yeah and you everyone needs that kind of to be to to have that well wallowing and that kind of that amount of time it's just getting to the point where that ends and then you start taking action again so yeah. what do you think it is that that's brought you through those dark times that's really helped you through it all I think, uh, well, certainly family. I mean, my wife's been amazing, you know, so supportive. Uh, and the kids, the kids are older now. So my eldest is 26, uh, middle one's 23, and the youngest is 22. And, you know, I've got a responsibility to them to show them that there is hope. Yeah. So it's, you know, not only just for yourself that you've got to think for my own self-respect and esteem and, and how I feel about myself is that I've got to, you know, show them that I am, you know, somebody that can 
guide them mm. uh, and be an example to them. So, uh, but also to to there's a thing for you know for the respect from my wife as well, you know, of not just being at home all day going, I don't you know, I, I feel blocked. I don't know what to do from here. Um, and it's accepting that as well of knowing that you've got to move on from this. You cannot stay where you are. That's not an option. But again, that's a process of, of getting to that point. So, yeah, I think all of those sort of, that's, you know, accountability. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's accountability is key from yourself, from from family, um, and then the drive to, to keep going. And one thing I found frustrating well after I lost it all is, um, I kept remember thinking, oh, I've I've been in business since I was twenty four. I was in I was about thirty four at the time, and even then, I had this pressure of age, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm too, I'm old now, and like, and and I was at thirty four, and oh, this could take me years to get successful again and everything. And then someone shared um like a, a meme, and it had Colonel Sanders on it, and he was like in his sixties when he started KFC, and yeah. Henry Ford was in his forties, and yeah. then you look at it and go, actually, like age doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't like we are where we are having the accountability, the self-awareness that you've had to look within before you're just blaming everyone else. You know, that's just compounding that learning again and again and again. So, so yes, yeah, so what's next then for you? Well, as I said, uh, you know, there's potentially uh, a partnership or, you know, a, a kind of a three way business proposition that's coming up. Yeah. So I'm just remaining curious yeah i think that being open to the opportunity just having conversations not putting too much pressure on it just seeing where it goes yeah um and we'll see what happens but you know i've got a couple of relationships now with uh, two german companies that do suits as well that you can wear one of them is a lot more technical so much more in terms of sports specific rehabilitation. So for sports clubs, um, you know, big box gyms and all that sort of thing. Yeah. That you can be very much around the muscle activation. So this one particular suit will detect how well a muscle's contracting or if it's inhibited or, you know, if you've got an injury, you'll kind of figure it out where it is. And then you can stimulate it with the suit very specifically. So that's one particular element. Yeah. So that uh, we're looking at potentially, you know, moving into football clubs and, you know, other sort of areas that we've got uh, links with. And the other company is much more sort of mass market at home type sort of thing. So similar to Hyperbody, actually, it's the same suit that we were using. But this company has now created videos that you can have at home and it will stimulate the suit in... Um, synchronized uh, versions with the with the suit with videos yeah so you can you know watch the video at home and do a complete workout and it's really easy to put on really simple to use a great uh, app that you can use as well so those are the two kind of elements that we're kind of looking at so in becoming more kind of aligned to working with companies and developing a business around those um, rather than doing you know our own suit so working with other other yeah. companies amazing love that well very much looking forward to seeing the next steps of your journey so as we're coming towards the end of this episode what's the best way for people to be able to follow your journey and see see what you're doing in the future yeah well i'm 
<laughs> rubbish with social media at the moment. Yeah. But I know that's an area that I'm going to get better at. Yeah. Not that I must get better at or I have to get better at, but I will get better at. Yeah. So really at the moment, just very, very simply, James Silo, S-E-I-L-O, at me.com. Brilliant. So James Silo at me.com. Send me an email. Yeah. And I can, you know, cool. copy you in if there's any advice you want around, you know, health, wellness, fitness. I'm massively into the longevity space, health span, yeah. which is becoming more and more prevalent now, you know, in the media. Um, and I reckon in the next sort of 10, 15 years, we're going to reach this point called longevity, um, you know, sort of in terms of the health span that we'll be able to um, escape velocity, that sort of health span escape velocity, that technology will be such that for every year that you live, you'll get more than years back in, you know, way that things are moving in terms of the medical yeah. field. Yeah. So, you know, like 3D printed organs and all that sort of stuff, stem cell therapy, the way it's developing. So massively into that. Yeah. Massively into my EMS. Yeah. And just generally, you know, health and well-being. Yeah, and I think it's so um, poignant for this podcast as well because we, we have a lot of business owners and I always talk about how our mental, emotional well-being and our physical health is linked to the success of our business biz or businesses. And I yeah. find that the more I work on my personal fitness, the better decisions I make, yeah. the better person I turn up, even as a father, as a friend, as a, as a husband, you know, it's all linked. So actually like having people who are now working on that and also you're giving people other ways that not just the traditional gym because it doesn't work for a lot of people. You're no, right. Like no, I do, I'm, I'm not a really macho man um, and standing in mirrors and everyone looking at each other and people sort of doing the whole like yeah. shouting and yeah. dropping weights and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This doesn't work for me. And it's it, massively I, intimidating. It, yeah, it's people. intimidating and I don't really enjoy that part. And some people do, which is, yeah, yeah. you know, it's each to their own, um, but giving 100%. people other angles yeah. is so key yeah. to, to how we can develop and yeah. have that turn up in that best yeah. physical state. But the, so. the fascinating thing for me, I mean, I'm also, um, you know, working with high net worth individuals um, and providing a very bespoke service to them, you know, really kind of drilling into the detail of what works for them. And the fascinating thing for me is there's a lot of guys seemingly have got their business sorted, but have neglected their health. Yeah. So it's all about that kind of, you know, grind and, you know, just and whatever drives them. And again, that sort of probably comes from childhood and we go into the psychology yeah. of that. But it's like, you know, that self-sacrifice of living hard and working hard and, you know, really, mm. but not applying it to themselves, not having enough self-love or going, you know what, I need to be, as you said, at peak performance to be able to deal with this yeah. that I'm going through. So that's the thing that really kind of fascinates me is that disconnect between health and wealth yeah you know you get a lot of guys that are successful in business but overweight you know have injuries and and health issues Heart problems yeah that they don't because they deal with it on a daily basis they don't stop and again sort of like talking about the pandemic we had that full stop to go we have to not go into work now and have that awareness about actually i wake up in the morning and i my back aches my knees creak you know, I just, I feel tired all the time. But when you're grinding, when you're going, 
you just think that's the norm. Yeah, yeah. And you don't think of any, Fill you know. yourself with coffee every yeah. day. And, and you just, know. you just, you know, it's that sticking plaster thing. Yeah, it is. But because it's become your norm, you don't then think, I could improve this. Yeah. And it's having that level of agency that our bodies can heal themselves. Yeah. But it's having the knowledge and the advice and the guidance to, to realize that. I mean, so much is out in the media, but it's really having that kind of person to say, you know what, you can fix yourself. Yeah. The body's an incredible thing. Yeah. It's just, if you start to scratch beneath the surface, it's an amazing piece of equipment. Yeah. I mean, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to definitely follow the journey. So we're just coming towards the end of this episode. Um, have you got any final words for our audience? Anything around failure? What would you like to say? I think with regards to failure, and again, not to sort of use terms that have been used before in terms of it being your, you know, your greatest kind of learning. Because again, at the time of failure, all of that doesn't, it just doesn't come into the equation. You're just thinking about the pain that you're in, you know, the, the, the pain cave that you're in at that moment in time, and you can't see anything else. You can't see the opportunities because you're so myopic. You're so in the moment of this thing mm. that's happening to you processing it all. processing it mm. and you know you'll absolutely be able to attest to it but i think know that there is a process that you go through always um i know it's been said before but this too shall pass you know as bad as it seems in that moment in time you will come out of it you know but it's having the people around you to support you um and just to listen i think Giving advice, what I would say to people is, don't be quick to give advice based on your own experience because it isn't that other person's experience. Yeah. Just listen. Yeah. Ask the right questions. So very much like a kind of coaching role. Yeah. Ask the right questions and only offer advice if you know, if you're sure that that's what's required at that moment in time. Yeah. So yeah. just be there, be present, just listen. Yeah. Um, but don't be too quick to jump in with your own experience, oh, it'll be all right. Yeah. You'll get over it. Don't worry about yeah. it. You yeah. know, that's life. Yeah. It's shit sometimes, but so just, yeah, that would be my advice. I absolutely love that because um, quite often as as, prob as humans, we're problem solvers and someone tells us a problem and we instantly go into problem solving mode. Problem solving mode. Yeah. Um, and someone once said to me, we've got two ears and one mouth. We should use them proportionally in that way. Yeah. And I'm a massive talker and I've had to work hard on the listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also because I want to solve problems for people. Yeah. And you're right, like listening. Sometimes people, and I've talked about mental health on this podcast a lot, like sometimes people don't that are suffering from mental health or are suicidal or going through a bad time, they don't need someone to solve their problems because no. they're not ready to listen to them. No. They just need to be listened to. We're hardwired to. to do that. Yeah, We're yeah, hardwired we to do that. Yeah. And it is that sort of, you know, jumping in with because we think, well, why are they telling me this? Unless they want my advice, unless they want me to, to solve it for them. And we yeah. are, yeah, you know, fundamentally problem solvers. We are. 
we are. As you said. And it's that sort of desire to go, well, they're telling me this because they want my help. Yeah. So I'm going to jump in and give them some advice. Yeah. Just got to listen. But just listen. Just listen. You're so right. Yeah. I love that. And what a perfect way to, to end this podcast. Thank you so much, James, for coming on. We only met last week and it's just been great just to jump straight in and have this interview and get to know you more today. Thank you for being so candid and open um, and really looking forward to now seeing the next part of your journey, the focused and, you know, doing your due diligence and seeing where these relationships go and what happens. And yeah, I'm going to certainly be following along. So thanks for coming on, James. You're hugely welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been fabulous. Amazing. Thank you. Well, what a fantastic episode that's been today with James. If you've liked what you've listened to, please like this podcast, share it and subscribe. And I shall see you next week. Thanks all. Thanks all.